freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 137 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is our Thanksgiving Day episode, and our theme is, so what is Thanksgiving Day anyway? So we're talking about the history of this national holiday in the United States. We celebrate it on the fourth Thursday of November, that it started out as a harvest festival and has been celebrated nationally on and off since 1789 when a proclamation for it was made by George Washington after a request for such a day was made by Congress. So we pause there for a moment to ponder that idea. Congress came together to request that our president declare a day to offer up prayers of gratitude for the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that our nation offers to every citizen. But it was Congress, so you know there had to be some drama mixed in, mostly in the form of pushback from the anti-federalists, not because they were against God or prayer, but because they didn't want big government to tell people what to do in their personal lives. Something to chat about over our holiday tables, including the fact that it was the same anti-federalists who gave us the Bill of Rights, which is our firewall of protection limiting the impact federal government can have over the individual lives of the citizenry. And within that Bill of Rights are certain amendments. The second one is the one that legally protects our God-given rights to self-defense, including the right to keep and bear arms, of which I am very thankful each and every day, including this holiday. And it is my hope and prayer that you and yours will spend some time talking about our history and the ideas that we're pondering here today. And that with all of the turmoil and madness in our modern day world that you and yours will have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving Day anyway. Well, our next guest we are thankful for, Valinda Rowe. She is the spokesperson for IllinoisCarry.com, an all-volunteer grassroots action and discussion forum dedicated to advancing the right to carry in Illinois. She has assisted in the forming of SAF lawsuits in Illinois and is the 2011 CCR KBA Grassroots Activist of the Year. She is here to talk about how things look in Illinois after the 2018 midterm elections. Welcome to the show, Valinda. Well, thank you. It's great to be here on Gun Freedom Radio. 
Absolutely. So we had a chance to meet while Dan and I were in Chicago for the Gun Rights Policy Conference right there in your very own hometown. And, uh, you know, it, it, it seems odd that, you know, you would have this gun rights policy in a place that seems world famous for having restricted gun rights so very, very much. Well, we call it going into the belly of the beast <laughs> or uh, convening on the front lines. Mm, absolutely. And indeed, we did. And so, you know, we had the gun rights policy conference. I'm hoping and praying that maybe it, it moved and shifted some of the voters um, to a new way of thinking and voting. But um as the elections panned out, it, it seems like, you know, everything old is new again. So what lies ahead for Illinois firearms owners after the election and your new governor? Well, we're facing a, a very serious situation here in Illinois with the new governor-elect, uh, J.B. Pritzker, announcing during his campaign that if he were elected, there would be no safe space for the NRA in the state of Illinois. Mm. Um, so that pretty clearly tells us where he stands on the Second Amendment issue. So we are expecting quite the battle ahead. Absolutely. Um, and, and what always gets me is how single-minded people that are anti-rights um, proposed and, and leaning towards anti-rights because... If there's no safe state space for the NRA, what does that really mean? We assume that it means that, you know, average, ordinary citizens who are the members of the NRA, there's no safe space for them, literally. Exactly. That's the way we interpret it, and no safe space for our rights. So we're expecting, you know, um, all of the um, anti-Second Amendment gun-grabbing bills that we've been fighting off for the last you know, decade to uh, come rushing back at us again. This last legislative session was like a tsunami of uh, anti-Second Amendment bills after what happened in Las Vegas and the Parkland High School tragedy and uh, the Waffle House uh, killings. There was just a tsunami, and we're expecting now uh, the vote uh, in the General Assembly has swung to a supermajority in both the House, the Senate, and now the governor, new governor-elect, will be aligned with those supermajorities. So we, we do have a, a real battle ahead, and we are needing Second Amendment supporters to stand tall and, and get their voices heard with their legislators. Now, I, in Illinois, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, urban, really, really urban areas, but there's some rural areas as well. So you should have that that mix of people who have firearms because of personal protection, home protection, hunting, all these different people. You, you would think that uh, you would have a fairly significant voice in the way that you're governed. And what what seems to happen is that the the hunters kind of cordon themselves off and the personal protection people kind of cordon themselves off and if we could just get together what what are our opportunities to do that right and and so we do need to all join together and we do see that happening under this this oncoming threat uh we have a pro second amendment moving sweeping across 
the state of Illinois. We've had um, it in the form of county resolutions and county referendums. And we've had, we've got 102 counties in the state of Illinois, and nearly 60 of them have passed pro-Second Amendment resolutions saying we do not want the legislature to pass any more uh, gun restriction bills mm-hmm. and trying to get that message to Springfield. And then 18 of those counties actually put the referendum on the ballot for the people to have their say. And all 18 referendums um, passed in favor of the Second Amendment with overwhelming uh, totals. Hmm. So, you know, there is that voice of people coming together. Mm-hmm. We just need to continue it into this new legislative session and, and keep strong. And uh, there are other counties who are looking to pass this resolution in their county. So we're going to try to get that, you know, that message out there as strongly as we can. Well, I so appreciate that. And sometimes it just takes having you know, someplace to cast our eyes, like, you know, independently, individually, maybe we don't really feel like we've got a voice. We don't really know what to do with um, the our desire to protect our Constitution. But when we've got organizations like IllinoisCarry.com, that does give people a place to, to convene and to kind of come together. Yes, and, right. And we do hope that they will come to our website uh, we're an online action and discussion forum. We have volunteers that watch the General Assembly 24 hours a day, seven days a week when they're in session. We send out email alerts that uh, people can subscribe to. Those email alerts uh, let people know when witness slips need to be uh, submitted in opposition or in support of legislation that's been introduced and is going to be here, be heard in committee. Also, when people need to contact their legislators about issues, so uh, if they would sign up for our email alerts or at least go to our website, uh, we've got several different discussion forums, uh, including state and national issues and judicial issues, where that information is available. And I think that's probably the key. A lot of Second Amendment supporters um, just need a a direction or, uh, you know, some guidance in how they can best express to their legislators, you know, where they stand on the issues, and we can help make that available to them. Absolutely. And, you know, some of the the people who really get things done, you, madam, and myself know from personal experience are women, right? I'm not saying that men yes. don't. I just know that women do. And if we can get the women and the moms to understand that the reason so many of us are armed is because we're moms, because we have a household that we want to protect from the wolves at our door. Exactly. And uh, what we have seen is that uh, a woman's voice is uh, very strong uh, with a legislator. It's a lot easier for um, a legislator to look at a man and say, well, you can fend for yourself. You don't, you know, you don't need a firearm. But uh, when you have women saying we want to protect ourselves, we want to protect our children, our families, it's a lot more difficult for a legislator to do that. And we know that with the Bloomberg moms that are out there that are funded by Bloomberg and the Soros groups, the anti-Second Amendment groups, they're well-funded, and uh, they they are making their voice heard loud and clear. We need Second Amendment women to do the same, Mm -hmm. to gather together and uh, 
be talking to their legislators. Have educational meetings in their communities. Let folks know what is going on in the state capitol and what we're facing. Absolutely. We've got to run, but thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for taking a moment to, to be on here and, and encourage us and kind of help give us some, some direction as to what we can do, whether we're in Illinois or anywhere across the country. We've got to be tapped in. We've got to be focused in. We've got to be active in protecting our constitutional rights. So just real quickly as we go out, please tell folks again, uh, Valinda Rowe of IllinoisCarry.com, how they can uh, participate in what you're doing. Do they have to be an Illinois resident? Can they, you know, d- donate from across the country? How do they, how do they kind of tap into what you're doing there? Well, please stop by IllinoisCarry.com, and also we have an Illinois Carry Facebook page. You can, you can donate uh, to our uh, organization and to our efforts. Sign up for our email alerts. Um, share the, the website and the Facebook page with your friends. Very good. Thank you again so much. I hope you have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. You too. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you today. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We have Trent and Ty coming up after this. He is one of the celebrity judges for the new competition series on the Discovery Channel called Master of Arms. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Grateful for each hand we hold Gathered round this table
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And this is our Thanksgiving show. We are indeed thankful for all of our listeners, all of our guests. We really have just an awesome opportunity here to bring people together and uh, learn from each other and focus our eyes on uh, different things, different expertise, areas of expertise. And our next guest, uh, talk about an area of expertise, an unusual one, one you don't see every day, Trenton Ty. So he is a professional blacksmith with over 20 years experience. He's the owner of Purgatory Ironworks. His specialties include casting, gunsmithing, knife making, and ancient arms and armor. Trenton is also a celebrity judge for the new competition series on the Discovery Channel called Master of Arms. Welcome to the show, Trenton. Thank you so very much for having me. Well, this is an exciting opportunity. We've had a chance to see the... um, the premiere show we have not sat down with our dvr and caught up um but we love uh, my husband dan is my co-host he's here too we love the format of the show and that you you guys give these contestants like i don't know an hour or something yeah. to create some well, usable piece of weaponry it, what's amazing is again that you know, and I and I, it's so strange when I watch the show because you know you, what you're seeing compressed into 44 minutes is is about 50 or 60 hours, you know, of actual work. And uh, you know, I, I've uh, you know when I when I started in this, I've been doing you know YouTube stuff for a very long time. We've had a YouTube channel for about 10 years, and uh, so I'm, you know I'm kind of familiar with the filming process, but to see. The job these guys have done you know the only complaint i've ever had is there's, there's there's just so much more that you didn't get to see but they do such an excellent job of telling the story of these craftsmen and you know and what they're able to do if if the only thing i just sit there i'm like gritting my teeth trying to figure out what cool thing happened that they just couldn't <laughs> cram in so it's all it's all i'm always sitting there just just chewing my fingers because these if you could see the entirety of what these craftsmen, the, the number of problems that they have to overcome to, to make these things, it's just, it's unreal. It is absolutely unreal. Oh, I, I feel the same way because I'm, I'm thinking what landed on the cutting room floor. I want to see that footage. Um, not that you could sit and just watch 50 hours of it each episode, but there's got to be really um, interesting things you know they ran into a problem how did they get around that problem and Trenton you know I, I build guns too as, as well as you and you know that what you start with never is what you end with <laughs> right and, and, and it's not even that you know there's there there are so many layers in this because one you know if as a fellow craftsman I mean you're right you know it, I don't care if you buy a kit gun there's <laughs> going to be so many freaking issues something's going to break <laughs> right. you know you're going to sneeze the wrong way and the file's going to slip and then that's going to take a four-hour correction um you know so even in the confines of your own shop you know if where you know all the tools you know what you have and you take these guys you fly them to the middle of nowhere and again you got to remember i was a contestant on force and fire so i have been through mm-hmm. what these guys have been through mm-hmm. and you're thrown into that situation you know and it was so funny when i was on force and fire and i walked out 
you know, I kept telling the other guys behind me, make sure your pants are zipped up because there's about 40 cameras out there. So <laughs> you're not exactly focused, yeah. you know, on, on the work at hand. <laughs> well, so true. And, you know, with your background, 20 years of that, 20 years of understanding the, the hiccups and the, the roads you tried to take and it just couldn't get there, um, being a professional ba- blacksmith, how the way you judge the character the characters listen to me the contestants how is it different or is it different from Ashley Lebensky who is a historian and museum curator and Zeke Stout who has other talents sure you know the the biggest thing and this is what was so so strange and again going into you know the, the whole reality tv industry because you know the staggering thing, and, and again, I was I was a last a last minute addition to everything. But when we're on the set outside of the craftsman, I am the only other person there that has a craft background. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's kind of it's very strange because you know I am from that world, and you know, and the craftsmen are, but you know, all the guys are running the cameras. I mean, everybody else on the set. You know, Ashley is again a brilliant historian. Zeke is a modern gun guru, mm-hmm. but the the thing is, this show is about building it, and so it, I have a extremely different perspective. And I'm gonna tell you what, I, you know, they did a great job of editing the show because the majority of us sitting on the catwalk was me running my mouth explaining all the things that were happening that could happen and all the pitfalls. <laughs> and I, I know I wore it, it, Zeke and Ashley's ears out because I just did not shut up because they were just, you know, when these guys are presented with the challenge, I'm right there with them because I'm thinking to myself, okay, how do I approach this? And, you know, in what different ways can I go? So there's just, you know, there's this, this cascade Mm -hmm. of of these problem solving paths. And I'm like right there with the craftsman. And usually what you have is there's several times that we had, you know, there were three different ways to do it. And, and we had three different craftsmen doing it three different ways. And it's just, um, it's an amazing thing to see play out. So how many hours do you guys as judges uh, pull each other's hair out trying to figure out who's the winner? <laughs> you know, and there's a there's a really, you know, and there really is a weird thing on that end of it because, you know, for me, I pretty much have a, a set, a kind of a set tier. You know, the first thing, the first thing that I judge on is, is did it work? You know, did it go bang? Did it shoot? Did it do the job it was intended to do? Because at the end of the day, if a tool doesn't do the job it's supposed to do, it's not an effective tool, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the first that's the first criteria. The second criteria is craftsmanship. You know, how well is it put together? If both guns went bang, but one gun is clearly of superior make, mm. you know, that's the litmus test. Right. And hopefully, hopefully, I pray that it never goes beyond that because I'm a function guy. You know, it, like I said, you know, craftsmanship and function are my thing. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're going to see very last. Go ahead. Sorry. Right, I'm sorry. You're going to see everything. You're going to being a craftsman. You're going to see every defect that somebody does, just because that's just what we do, right? That's right. But the problem is, is that sometimes, and you have, you know, again, there's there's competing there's competing ends to this. You know, the guns weren't, you know, single. You know, they were not factory produced, so each one was different. So there were several occasions where we had guns that were both functional both extremely well made and the only thing that you could make the call on 
was the aesthetic, which is mm-hmm. absolutely subjective. And I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. as a judge, I don't ever want to be in the position that I have to make a subjective call because mm-hmm. it's subjective. You know, mm-hmm. as, as a as a craftsman, we're concerned with that function. And so, but there was a couple times where you're in that particular line and you're gritting your teeth because that's just. Uh, <laughs> You know, when I'm up there as a judge, my reputation as a craftsman, my job is to make the right call as a craftsman. And so, you know, you just can't be out there willy-nilly and say, I like this one more, or that's that's the that's the last thing I want to have to say, because as a craftsman, there should be an objective standard. And I always pray that there's an objective standard to judge from. Absolutely. I totally get that. That would be a tough position to be in. And, you know, you said uh, earlier that you were kind of a last minute addition to the show. How did you get involved in filming this show? Oh, man, I was the rat that stowed away on the ship. And let me me just (laughs) say that Zeke and Ashley and Nick are all far, far more important than than I am in, in this end of it. I mean, I am literally the last minute. So, um, Basically, what happened is uh, they've been putting this show together for a very long time, and there was another judge who uh, encountered some serious issue, and I think at like a week and a half before they were supposed to start filming, um, oh, wow. they, they, they had to bow, they had to bow out. So um, now, again, I've been doing YouTube now for for a long time uh, under Purgatory Ironworks. And, you know, we've got a, we've got about 50,000 subscribers, and, you know, so I'm used to that end of it, and they knew that. And so I, I think – and I don't know this for a fact, but I, I think they got told that they didn't have a third judge, they didn't have a show. So mm. they kind of reached into the grab bag, <laughs> and I was supposed to be a contestant. That is how I came to the oh. show is that, um, that, you know, I was supposed to be actually be con- competing and uh, they ran into this problem, and they plugged me in at the, uh, at the absolute last minute. And, um, you know, and this is, again, coming from a business background, you know, they spent a lot of time making sure that Zeke and Ashley and Nick worked out, that everybody got right along with the chemistry thing, and then they just crammed me in at the last minute. But thankfully, it worked out so well because all the guys have been so good to me, and it was just such a wonderful experience. So, yeah, it was, it was it. a Hail Mary that seemed to have worked <laughs> out pretty well. I love it. We are almost out of time, but I do have to ask this question. What do you think that it takes? Like people listening out there, they're like, you know what? I think I could do that. I think I could be a contestant. What do you think it takes to be successful on Master of Arms after seeing so many other contestants compete? You know, and like I said, and believe it or not, I'm a fan of bull riding. You know, the thing is, is with, with what we give these guys, we put these guys under a lot of challenges. I mean, flat out. So you've got to be knowledgeable. You've got to have the ability, and then you've got to make the good draw. Because if you can be, you can be a great rider, but you get the wrong draw, and you're going to be uh, in trouble. So you know, part of a, a large portion of it is being so knowledgeable as a craftsman that you can cover the disciplines that you're you're good at. And then when you draw one that isn't your discipline, you can still make it happen. That's awesome. Well, how do folks find this show? So. It's going to be airing right after Gold Rush on the Discovery Channel Friday night at 10 p.m. and plus we all the reruns. And uh, so we, we go to the local hangout watering hole. We, we eat till we bust and we have a glass of whiskey and then 10 o'clock hits and uh, we get to see ourselves on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it really is that. It, it feels there's that warmth. There's that. It's the kind of show you do want to watch with your, your buddies and your family. It's a lot of fun. And just as we go out, uh, how do folks 
folks follow all that you do? You mentioned a YouTube channel and you've got a website and that sort of thing. So let me engage in some narcissism. Absolutely. We have a YouTube channel called Purgatory Ironworks. We've been teaching for 10 years. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook under Trenton Ty. And uh, like I said, just look for the funny hat. I love it. Thank you so much for all you do. Thanks for entertaining us. Hope you and yours have an amazing uh, Thanksgiving. Absolutely, ma'am. Thank you so very much for having me on. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That was fun. All right. Well, stick around. We have Tiffany Johnson coming up. She teaches legal studies. She blogs. She offers instructional design and web design services for firearms trainers through FrontSitePress.com. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Turkey lurkey doo and turkey lurkey dap. I eat that turkey, then I take Oh, no. <laughs> Sounds like Cheryl. <laughs> Sounds like Cheryl on Thanksgiving morning. Well, after I cook a big old bird and all the food, and we have 30 or so people over, I, I do kind of want to take a <laughs> How many, Cheryl? <laughs> yeah, you heard me. It's awesome, though. We love it. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And if you've missed any portion of today's show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the On Demand tab, and binge listen to your heart's content all of the 136 other episodes we have posted there. And when you want to put a face with a voice, click the guest tab. We have photos and bios and links to all of the guests that we've ever had on our show. It is a wonderful resource and we do not hate it when you spend time there. All right. Speaking of Thanksgiving and being thankful, we are thankful for our next guest, Tiffany Johnson. She is a lawyer and a freelance legal writer. She teaches legal studies at her local university. 
She blogs and offers instructional design and web design services for firearms trainers through her website, FrontSitePress.com. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you. Good to be here. Absolutely. Always exciting to, to chat with you. And this is the first time we've had a chance to do it on the air. Um, so I want to kind of dig into your you know, kind of what brought you to this whole idea of, you know, Second Amendment advocacy and and the, just the whole shooting sports and all of that sort of thing. And really, what avenue do you take? Um First of all, you refer to yourself on, on your website as a late bloomer, I like that, who underwent a 180-degree <laughs> conversion, another good word, to the world of firearms. Can you talk a little more about that? Sure. Well, I am uh, not one of those people who, quote-unquote, grew up around guns. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really think about guns much as I was growing up other than all of the negative stories that I would see Mm. on TV and that would touch me in school or in my neighborhood whenever guns were at the heart of some tragedy. Mm. Um, So that kept creeping closer and closer to home as I got older and I started to develop this weird mix of fear and anger about the whole gun issue but i had never touched a gun never seen one up close let alone ever fired one and it was just on a whim one day i was in my mid earlier mid-20s i think that i kind of impulsively signed up for this gun class and it was it was almost a an act of defiance. It was one of those sort of, you know, you will not get the best of me (laughs) kind Mm -hmm. of things and a face your fears, confront your enemy type thing. Never in a million years did I expect to be converted, but that is exactly what happened. I had no clue who Tom Givens was. At the time, I had never heard of Rangemaster. I had no idea that Rangemaster was the powerhouse of firearms training that it is. I didn't have any clue about Tom Givens' background, and it was just by sheer dumb luck that the range that I walked into that day was Rangemaster. And Tom (laughs) Givens has been a mentor of mine ever since. Haven't looked back. That is just an awesome story and I think you know a testament to the gun community and how truly welcoming we are um you know we get painted like you said so often as in negative light uh a negative light multiple negative lights and in reality we really are we love what we do we we're passionate about the preserving our rights and we welcome anyone who wants to stand with us uh, shoulder to shoulder. I agree. Um, I, you know, I was so pleasantly surprised by my reception when I took that class that I was pretty much instantly hooked or I was at least curious and that's what got me continuing and I came back and took more classes. And so it, but you know, it's, it is a testament, as you said, to just how much is at stake with those first-time appearances. And so I, anytime I can, I like to stress the folks in the gun world to be very leery about your first encounters with folks who are 
curious about guns or who may have misconceptions about what gun owners are like because your you know moment of levity your moment of careless word choice may be the thing that makes or breaks this other person's mm. um, next decision in as far as whether or not to continue in this world because there are other gun ranges here in my town that I could have just as easily gone to and being more familiar with them now, I'm really glad that I did go to Rangemaster because mm-hmm. I suspect had I gone to another place that wasn't as welcoming, my path would have turned out a lot differently. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when when we're talking about the those of us that, you know, are keeping our head on straight and not just being, you know, we've been careful here on our show because we've learned like if I went back and listened to some of my early shows, I might have said things like, you know, well, those liberals who are standing in the way of, well, not all liberals are standing in the way. Some liberals, some Democrats are shoulder to shoulder with us in the Second Amendment fight. Well, once I've learned that, well, now I, I talk in terms that make sense. I talk about rights restrictors. They're the ones I'm mad about. Whatever letter they wear on their shirt, right? Whether it's an R or a D or an, an I. And so those of Absolutely. us, those of us that are, um, you know, being more conscious, conscientious and consciously aware, um, we, we are so welcoming and we do everything we can to not be careless. And I believe, you know, this whole idea that there's no diversity in the Second Amendment advocacy uh, community, I believe that's wrong. And you and I both do not fit the stereotype of the, you know, 50-something white bearded dude wearing camo. So, you know, (laughs) we're an example of that, uh, you know, breaking that stereotype. What has been your experience as you've gone to the different, um, you know, like the Gun Rights Policy Conference and places like that? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think that the diversity in the a advocacy community is definitely growing, which I think is a good thing. Um, I also do agree with you that it is far more diverse than most people may assume at first glance, especially if you're not a part of the community. Um, but there's a reason for that. Um, stereotypes are often wrong, but they don't drop out of the clear blue sky. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we in the gun community, we would do ourselves well to keep that in mind and be proactive about countering those stereotypes as opposed to just resting on our laurels, content in our personal knowledge that those stereotypes are inaccurate. If we just rest on that without doing anything to counter those stereotypes, then we allow them to perpetuate. Oh, absolutely. Beautifully said. And so you know, the best thing we can do to counteract it is, you know, start with the the man and the woman in the mirror, right? But mm-hmm. are there I other agree. ways that you can think of or share with folks that, you know, help expand that circle um, beyond just oneself? Sure. I think, um, well, to kind of expound on your first suggestion to start with the mirror If we broaden that mirror and turn it towards the entire community and think of ourselves as a collective unit, I think that same scrutiny would be well applied to the gun community as a whole. 
in general, if we would do better to, you know, kind of gently nudge each other whenever we do maybe get a little careless with how we're talking about these very important issues, that would help. I can't tell you how many times I have said something or made a comment, like like at the gun rights policy conference, for example, and I thought I was the only person in the room who felt that way, mm. and I would be really upset and lonely feeling like I was on an island and I was the only person who was mm. offended or I was the only person who disagreed or I was the only person who thought, hey, that was out of line, we should cool it. And I was the only person who spoke up. But then later, in the hallway or in the bathroom or, you know, in, in more discreet locations, one-on-one, people would come up to me and look around as if they were saying something, <laughs> you know, uh, bad. And, you uh-huh. know, I totally agree with you. And so I wish those folks who were willing to admit that in, in private <laughs> would mm-hmm. be more vocal out loud. I think that would go a long way because otherwise you're just tacitly um, condoning bad behavior if you sit back and let it go on. Oh, that's so um, that's so important. You know, we we cave to peer pressure in so many ways, and we silence ourselves when we're afraid we're the only lone voice. And that's an example right there of the as soon as one person is brave enough to speak up you just see other people just go oh my gosh thank goodness thank goodness I wasn't alone so be that person Mm -hmm. to be brave and to speak up because you could be a beacon for others um, that feel the same way you do well we are already uh, about to run out of time but I want to ask you more about your your website and and what you use it for and and what people can find when they go there front front Sure. So uh, thanks for the opportunity, by the way. And uh, just really quickly, Frontside Press started out as just a blog for me. Didn't expect anybody to read it. Um, it was kind <laughs> of a result of that frequent feeling of loneliness and am I the only person here who has these views? And that's where I started discovering, no, there are others like me. And eventually it turned into a platform where I offer web design services and instructional design services to firearms trainers out there to help them kind of rework their their public image, if you will, Mm -hmm. in an effort to combat those stereotypes that you were just talking about. I love it. Well, this is Thanksgiving week, and I'm just so thankful for the work you do and for your example and uh, for you taking time to come on our show here with us today. And uh, just as we go out, please tell folks how they can follow the work that you do. Or maybe they have questions about, you know, some of the things we've talked about and how they can get more involved themselves and maybe come over, you know, that bridge from I'm not real sure about guns to, you know, maybe there really is something here. Sure. Well, um, I'm pretty easy to find online, even though I have the most common name in the universe. But um, <laughs> I'm on Facebook, uh, Tiffany Johnson. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. And my website is Frontsite Press. That's S-I-G-H-T, like the sites on your gun. Frontsitepress.com. And you can email me directly from that site or just email me at Tiffany at Frontsitepress.com. I look forward to hearing from folks. 
fantastic. Thank you again so much. And uh, really, I, I'm just thankful for the work you do, Miss Tiffany. Thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right. Stick around. We still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. Right after this. I can shout. Thank you. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. That sounds like a Disney thing, is it? You know what? I'm not sure, but you're right. It does. Sounds like something from the Disney Channel. Yeah. Um, It's a funny video. Uh, You know, you discover these videos when you're looking for music for the show and... uh, Kind of, kind of cute. All right. Thank you for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is the part of the show where we get to celebrate ordinary, everyday heroes in our responsibly armed citizen report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Well, this is a story to be thankful for. Imagine for a moment, it's an ordinary Thursday evening. You are walking down a residential street, just getting from one place to another, simply strolling down the sidewalk, when suddenly danger and his two evil helpers appear out of the shadows. They are armed with guns, their size much larger than yours, their intent to harm or even kill you. The price for your life is your money, your jewelry, your cell phone, the usual baubles of life. Things that danger holds as more valuable 
than human life, which is evidenced by the group of them using the threat of deadly force to take these things from you. Well, this was the scene in Detroit just last week. Three against one. Guns illegally possessed and being used unlawfully against someone who didn't have a gun, likely due to the local laws that have prevented him from owning one to protect himself. This lone man facing certain death and wondering if the few dollar bills in his pocket would be enough to buy him another day of life. In fear that it may not meet danger's demands, this man fought for his right to life and was able to take one of the guns away from danger's crew, suddenly turning a tool used for evil into a tool of life-saving protection and defense in a split second. Same gun, different man changed everything and danger was stopped from his evil plans by a responsibly armed citizen. Police say an armed robbery in this neighborhood did not go as expected when the victim decided to fight back. When it was all over, within a matter of seconds, one person was dead and another one on his way to the hospital. For these individuals that may be thinking about robbing somebody, um, it's, uh, it's always possible that you end up getting harmed yourself. Detroit police say that's exactly what happened here along Annette Street near East State Fair late Monday night. There were two individuals and the intent was to um, rob, to, to, to do a robbery. Subsequently, those two people were shot. Shot by a man they thought would just give up the cash. Instead, he wrestled away their gun, killing one armed robber, wounding the other. Police say there's also a third person involved, a girl who may have planned it all, but so far no names being released. We believe that she had something to do with setting up this whole particular incident. She could also be in hot water with the law after cooperating, then changing her mind. She was being held in a room for questioning, and she walked out of that room and walked right out the front door. We were looking for her um, all through the night, trying to recover her. Um, the positive side of that is she has been recovered. With two suspects surviving and in custody and the victim cooperating with police, they say they've turned over their findings to the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office to determine what will happen next. From Detroit's east side, Simon Shaykat, 7 Action News. As my grandbaby daughter would say is, how do you do that? How do you do that? Because <laughs> it's like, how do you take a gun from somebody when you don't have a gun? Right. And I think it's like, what have I have to lose? Right. And and it's, this is Detroit. Are they going to charge him with possession of a firearm now? Whoa. That would be a horrible. It would be horrible. And it's just a horrible know, plot twist. Yes. Terrible, terrible. News. I'm so glad that he was able to recover. That would be hard to do. Uh, oof, I agree. And one of the comical parts of this is when I heard the police spokesman warning the bad guys, look, you could get hurt robbing other people. You know, it's Well, like they have to protect them, Cheryl. Come on. I don't know. Protect that just kind of gave Remember me the, the, the gentleman? Giggles. They, a couple weeks oh, ago, yeah. were the gentleman. They, they referred to yeah. the murderer as the gentleman. So, well, now it is time for Dan's 
Palmondary. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Even if it only saves one child's life, that's what the right restrictors say to convince people to accept new common sense gun laws. They say, isn't it worth it to save even one life? Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Surely you can give up some of your God-given rights to save a life. Well, how come when the right restrictors hear about a responsible armed citizen saving a life, even a child, they discredit the fact that an armed citizen with a gun saved a life? Mm-hmm. Remember, responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. How many lives were saved by responsibly armed citizens? How many lives were saved by responsibly armed citizens? I got more. I read a Forbes, uh, 2000, this is 2018 in March 20th. Check out the article. 162,000 cases per year where somebody almost certainly would have been killed if they have not used a gun for self-protection. 162,000 lives were saved. Now, we take that same survey compared to 33,636 deaths due to injury by firearms, which only 11,000 of those were homicide, the others were suicide. Mm-hmm. I got more. <laughs> okay. I went on a roll here because I see, I just went online and said, how many police were saved by armed citizens? I just, I got tired of writing after six. March 2018 in Utah, police were saved. February 14th, Chicago, police were saved in 2018. February 2nd, another one in Utah was saved. April 6th, 2017, Arizona, another police officer was saved. February 5th, 2016, Philly. And January 16th, 2016, in Texas. That's just a small number. These are citizens that saved police officers. That sounds like another place for James Brown to, to weigh in. I got more. <laughs> you know, call you, now. Right. You always hear about people who were against guns that changed and love them, right? How rarely do we hear about a person who is a strong gun lover give up their guns? You know, there's only a few times I've seen that. You know what it is? Hmm. It always is the spouse. Oh. I give up my guns for my spouse. Huh. Which, why she must be some he or she must be really some spouse. <laughs> so anyway, but we, you know, we see people that uh, most of the time people that like guns uh, that don't like guns end up in a situation where they wish they had a gun, mm -hmm. and they change. They learn about the pro uh, process for owning a firearm, and they change. But how many the people that have firearms? They don't just, you know, change too often. Hmm. You know, that's, those are good points. I I hadn't really thought about it in that way. But it's like once. But but then how does the country get where we are? We had all the freedoms that we ever wanted, and we slowly, slowly, slowly have given them away. That's that's that direction where we had it, we didn't value it, 
we'd rather somebody else take care of that for us. So we vote in more and more government, more and more rules over us. I have an answer for that. Hmm. Back in the day when people, all people had firearms, nobody messed with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to see that the less guns we have, the more people are going to be messed with again. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have those circumstances and they're going to go back to the firearm culture again because they're going to need it to self protect themselves because the police won't be able to do it. Well, so we're going to see a reverse. I want the hardship, but I definitely I do want to see the reverse. Well, we have got to go. Then you need to be quiet and go. Gotta, <laughs> that's never going to happen. I got to get a turkey in the oven and some pies baking and pie, uh, wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving time. And we are thankful um, every week, but especially this week for our tech crew, for our listeners, for our guests. We We so appreciate you. And until next time. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. I'm going to this time. It's Thanksgiving. Nice. All Except of them? for a couple. All of them? Except for a couple. Even the ones you don't like? Uh, it's Thanksgiving. It's not like Miracle Day. Okay? No. <laughs> Especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Our founding fathers... Here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.